Move Forward Radio is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at MoveForwardPT.com. You're listening to Move Forward Radio, a podcast featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts with advice on how you can move forward. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Eric Reese. Today we're talking with physical therapist Carrie Pagliano about a condition called diastasis rectus abdominis. She's an adjunct professor at Marymount University in Arlington, Virginia, and an instructor of clinical rehabilitation medicine at Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. She speaks nationally in the areas of pelvic pain, pain science, and, and integrative models of practice in orthopedic and pelvic physical therapy. Here's our conversation. Can you start off by telling listeners what the term means and, and who's affected by, uh, by DRA, as, as, as it also might be known? Absolutely. So diastasis recti, DRA, um, lots of people call it different things. Um, it's primarily found in women. That's not to say you can't find it in men, but primarily it's postpartum women. Um, and where it comes from, typically it's a separation of the abdominals that occurs during pregnancy and is predominantly noted afterwards. So if you can imagine, you've got a woman who's pregnant, their belly grows quite a bit, those abdominals stretch out quite a bit. Those six-pack abs that we're all familiar with, the, the, the fascia or the tissue between the abs, elongate stretches a little bit, and then you have your baby. And the abdominals go back to some degree, and in some people, um, that separation remains, and in other people, um, it resolves. What are some of the uh, symptoms of this condition, and, and are they mostly cosmetic, or are there are there pain and health implications as well? So the the thing that moms notice most is that their bodies don't feel the same as they felt before they had kids, and the the biggest symptom I think is just you put your hand towards your belly and you notice that there's a gap in between the sides of your abdominals or you press through that gap and you can find that you can feel your guts pretty well um, and it doesn't feel like there's good tension there. It doesn't feel like there's stiffness there that was once there before. Most times it's not pain. You might have pelvic girdle pain. You might have low back pain, but um, research has shown that, that those two aren't necessarily connected. The symptoms quite often people notice um, are the aesthetic pieces of it when they're trying to get their body back after after they have their children. Are, are there any dangers to it? Uh, the danger only comes when there's hernias associated with it. So um, quite often you can notice a difference pretty quickly because you'll see a little, little mountain come out of the center um, that's pretty focused. So if it's a hernia, then it's obviously a surgical condition. But if there's no hernia and the, the tissues are intact, then it's, it's not necessarily dangerous. Uh, how prevalent is it, and, and are there factors that make uh, some women more susceptible uh, to, uh, to DRA than, than are others? Sure. The prevalence is actually pretty high. There's, there's some ranges in the research anywhere from, you know, two-thirds uh, or more during pregnancy and up to a half to two-thirds of, of postpartum moms have some version of diastasis. As far as being aware of it, I think more people are much more aware of it now because it's it's more out in social media. Um, I think moms are, are much more aware of um, trying to get their bodies back and exercising a bit more after kids. But, but it's actually a lot more common than people realize. Um, but I, I think it's it's more the aesthetics that have brought people's attention to it a bit more. Is there anything that can be done preventatively to to avoid it in the first place? You know, it's interesting. Um, the, the research is a little bit mixed on that. 
because the predominance is so high during pregnancy, the, uh, there's a lot of factors that are um, kind of in play postpartum whether or not that gap closes. Um, and there's actually a decent amount of disagreement in the literature whether or not the gap actually needs to close or actually can stay open to generate forces a bit more across that, that gap. So uh, just to, to go into that a little bit further, um, there's researchers that say, you know, the, the most important thing here is to close that gap and to do certain exercises that can help with that, whereas other researchers are saying, hold on for a second, maybe we're looking at the wrong thing, and actually by making sure we get the deep abdominals kicking in, the core muscles and whatnot, that's actually going to pull the gap slightly apart, um, generating tension across that fascia or that tissue that kind of fills that gap. So the goal there wouldn't necessarily be to close the gap, but to, to actually get the, the tension in that fascia a little bit more taut. But there's still a bit of confusion um, and disagreement in the literature, and I, I think that spreads across to the consumer because you're trying to figure out what best to do and how to prevent it. But the fact of the matter is they're still not quite sure why um, some people might have it. Some people might have it after their first. Some people might have it after their fourth. Some people might not have it at all. But the factors that they do think might be playing into it, um, maybe, you know, the collagen that mom and dad gave you growing up, you know, do you have um, a lot of extensibility in your tissues? Um, you know, do your, do your joints hyperextend? Could that play a role? Some research back in, in the late 80s looked at where you mostly carried your child. Um, the one thing that they can say is, is the likelihood of having it would be increased um, related to pregnancy, but there, there's still some disagreement as to um, being able to prevent it or whatnot. From my point of view, you know, being a clinician and practicing in this area, you know, for nearly 20 years and also having had a diastasis myself, I think just having that awareness of kind of how you move and be aware of um, do your abs engage, you know, are you holding your breath when you're doing activities, just generally that awareness of, of kind of how your body is functioning in space. That's a really good start, but as far as preventative measures, I, I think having an understanding and, and being able to screen that out um, and be aware of it so that you can get help if you need to postpartum, that's probably the best bet. Did you say you had this condition as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's ironic. <laughs> <laughs> can you talk about um, what what you knew about the condition and what you knew to, to do for yourself uh, when uh, sure. when you had it? Sure. So uh, my kids are six and four, and, and I'll be honest, in the last probably, it, actually in that period of time, there's actually been a bit more literature surrounding this area. So back in the day, you know, before I had kids, how we would teach people to do exercises with the issues that we're trying to tease out, I think, are, you know, can we identify who's more at risk before they have kids or during pregnancy? Um, and then the other piece, too, is does that gap actually matter? And for moms, I mean, I, I can speak as a mom, the aesthetics, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to, to be aware of that. It's really hard to say to somebody, you know what, that's not ever really going to change, um, but we can make your function better. That's a little hard to swallow, but if we can find a way to set people's expectations up to say, you know what, you're at small risk for this, be aware of it, let's get on top of it from the beginning, um, I think that helps kind of people understand post-pregnancy a little bit more with that piece of it. But so beyond kind of triaging and, and that, I, I think just trying to, to find the best uh, exercise programs that um, either, you know, once they decide whether the gap is important or not, just to, to build that tissue integrity, to make people strong, get 
people back to doing exactly what they want to do without worry about aesthetics or, or control or efficiency or, or things like that. Carrie Pagliano, thank you very much for speaking with us on Move Forward Radio. Thank you. You've been listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guest is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or find previous episodes at moveforwardpt.com. Move Forward Radio is brought to you by moveforwardpt.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at moveforwardpt.com.